0: This is Give Me Some Truth, a podcast from Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. Give Me Some Truth is dedicated to providing an accessible and authentic view into the financial services industry, as well as current events and investment concepts that you can apply in your day-to-day life. Welcome
1: back to Give Me Some Truth. Mitch, we now have Give Me Some Truth swag. And you know, we bought a few t-shirts and we started to wear it around town a little bit. I got to say they're comfortable
0: t-shirts. Oh, they're right. phenomenal. Not only do I have one, but you also were kind enough when you put the order in to order a few extra. So my wife, Kaylee, also sports around the house, incredibly comfortable.
1: Yes. My wife wears it two to go work out, which I really appreciate. And people ask her, what does that mean? Right. And I think that's
0: super cool. So, um What's the brand of the t-shirt? Do you know? Oh. Uh, it's like some amazing... I don't, I don't even know what the material is. Is so, it cotton? Well, this is how I found it. So...
1: Basically, I was looking for, I looked at my concert t-shirts that I had and I found, you know, everyone likes a good concert t-shirt, right? So I found the most comfortable concert t-shirts and then looked at the tag on the back to find out what exactly that brand was, which I now can remember, which is great. And then I, I went to, uh, took, Nate and I went down to Underground Printing on State Street and they can print these out for us. So we had them do that and they, lo and behold, had one of those brands that I had found at the concert t-shirts. Oh, so, they're amazing. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And so we can't promise give you some truth t-shirts to every listener. But you know, if you do listen to this and send us an, an email message saying, Hey, listen to your podcast, uh, you know, maybe we'll do a little drawing for a t-shirt. Oh, so that's a wonderful idea. There you go. So <laughs> if you are listening to this, send uh either Mitch or myself an email and said, Hey, listen to the podcast, and you can say something nice and then uh, we'll draw something. Uh, We'll draw and pick a... We'll send a t-shirt to somebody. Give me
0: some truth t-shirt giveaway 2019. It's
1: great. And we have women's uh, as well. I think we got a couple left. We'll have to see. But um, yep. So send us that. So today we're going to talk about... uh, It's a little dovetail on... We're doing some Facebook live things. And one of the things that uh, Mitch brought to our attention is this great Wall Street Journal article of the best financial advice I ever got. And so they asked financial experts to tell us the piece of guidance that has made the biggest difference in their lives. And we're going to hit the highlights of it. We're not going to read the article. I think you should read the article yourselves because I think there's a lot of great, uh, there's a lot of great stuff in there, but, also, we'll just talk through about what it all means to us and how we can extrapolate on our own personal financial situations or experiences that we've had through our clients. So,
0: And also, quick plug, yeah. if you haven't seen the Facebook Live, go check it out because we're not doing the exact same topics here. We're doing the same article, but we're taking some different topics. So for the podcast listeners, feel free to get on Facebook Check that out, because Clint and I, of course, had a lot of fun doing that too.
1: Yeah, it's great, and we're trying to do uh, one about every couple weeks, uh, Facebook Live. So if there's any topics that you have as well that you'd like to have us deal with in person, uh, we're refining that. We're learning that. Uh, I think we've got the podcast down pretty well, but uh, we're learning some new things in Facebook uh, Live, and we're also figuring out backgrounds and uh, and shadows and things (laughs) like that. All things lighting, shadows. Oh man. That is not my forte. We're working on that. I think Nate's going to be hanging up some reclaimed wood for a background to try to hide some shadows. So uh, uh, the background will be changing somewhat and hopefully Nate will have all 10 fingers. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you should be doing that, Mitch. Do you have a circular saw? No, I wish. I
0: wish I had the full gamut of tools for the wood shop, but you know, that's a, that's a longer term goal. When I'm in my work optional years, I could see myself doing some more woodworking. I used to do it in high school. Did you? I built a few things. Yeah.
1: What you? What was the best thing you built?
0: Well, I took woodshop twice. I think most people take it once in yeah. high school, but I loaded a bunch of AP classes. But then I had some fun classes like woodshop, so hence why I took it twice. But I think my my prized possession was the futon that I built, used through college, beyond college. Probably got six, probably got six eight years out of it, and I, I made it for about ninety five dollars cost of wood, then a lot of labor, a lot of labor. But then I turned around and sold it for like 250 275 Wow. So I think about it, that, that's a pretty good investment. Yeah, especially the usage. <laughs> yeah. So you depreciated it to zero <laughs> over that time, and then you made money on it too. Yeah. What a great investment. It was fantastic. It was, it was solid oak. I mean, it was a brute. It wasn't your Walmart typical college futon, right? I mean, this thing was actually kind of nice. It was in my starter apartment after college.
1: My financial advisor brain also makes me think of, okay, so how many hours did that take to put together?
0: Way too many. I mean, yeah, it took a full semester of school. <laughs> <laughs> so if you just say, oh, I, I took 95 and turned it into 275, it's not that simple. And then what was the
1: cost of your credits, too? Maybe it wasn't that long. No, so. this was in high school still. Oh, I went, okay, I went okay. to public school. I got you. you, know,
0: I, got you. I had to okay. buy the wood, and that was about 95 bucks. Okay, got you. Well,
1: you know, in the end, you learned a lot of stuff. Yes. Mine, Mine was like a birdhouse that my dad did 95% of the work because I have not talented <laughs> in that area. I wish I was. I totally wish I was, but I'm not. My my father in law is really good with wood. Uh Courtney's pretty good with wood. I, I am not. So I can uh put a stain on something.
0: Oh, there you uh, go. And
1: I can sand that's needed. Courtney gives me the like dirty work. So like I gotta sand stuff and <laughs> do stuff that totally sucks, you know? Yeah, right. So I've got like the mask on sanding and I've got all the, you know, all of the dust in my face and everything. And (laughs) she gets to do all the pretty stuff that she does so well. And I don't. So, all right. uh, We digress, but we're going to go back to the article here. So um, Mitch, uh, what do you want to start with uh,
0: on the article of the best financial advice I ever got? Let's go with the one that stuck out to you actually. And that was the investing 2% in you. So when I hear that, it's like, okay, how do I invest in myself? Right. There's probably lots of different ways we can do that, but that one stuck out to you, Clint. So let me ask you, how have you invested in yourself, and then have, have this been a, a guideline for you? Have you always kind of looked to say, "Hey, a certain amount I'm going to put towards me, towards my goals, towards my education? What does that mean
1: for you? Well, I think I read in the article and I kind of extrapolated it to myself in, in thinking, okay, how do I invest in myself?" And oftentimes I'm, I'm just constantly reading. and you know there's some cost of some of that reading. I buy books and things like that. Um, a little not so well-kept secret about myself is that I read no fiction. Uh, So I I read like nonfiction when I go on vacation. I sit there and read finance books uh, by the pool. So I love, you know, sitting by the pool and having a, a, uh, well, now I've developed a little taste for Mezcal. So maybe a Mezcal margarita and I would (laughs) sit by the pool and read this. And, you know, that's, that's how I, how I get a lot of knowledge, but every other year uh, we try to go to the TD Ameritrade conference and soak that up. And there's some cost to that. And I think that that's really wise. And I really like that rule. And I think particularly when you're in the first 10 years of your career, you know, investing this person here, Ted Jenkins of uh, oxygen Financial, said almost 20 years ago, I met a successful business owner. who gave me a simple lesson, invest 2% of everything you earn annually back into your ability to grow your income. So um, I think you can read a lot into that. Uh, You could say investing is, you know, when we own a financial advisory firm, that could be that we're investing in marketing. Uh, One of the big flaws of a lot of financial advisor shops is that they don't invest in marketing and getting out their message. Um, Instead, they rely on things like networking events. And it's good to get your message one on one with people. But, you know, it's hard to get your message out to the masses now it's a lot easier because of the internet and the way that you push information out so you know that's part of it but i just try to uh invest in myself through reading especially um and then attending some things uh, in person so we have some due diligence events that fortunately we don't have to pay for but um, investment companies put on that we have to that we can go to and and then in addition to that, um, you know, doing the TD Ameritrade conference, which I think is great. So for yourself, do you invest in yourself, Mitch? For sure. And I mean, you are totally investing cause you're in CFP and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and I did the MBA program at UW Madison and I did it in the evening. So still producing an income during the day working and then during the evenings and weekends and things like that, you put a lot of time, energy and resources, probably more than the 2% rule. I think tuition mm-hmm. isn't entirely inexpensive, but it's, it's worth it, right? I mean, it's a commitment that I made and I didn't really think twice when it came to the quote-unquote cost of it, right? It's, it's an investment. It feels like a cost when you're sending out a tuition bill or maybe applying for a student loan or something like that, right? But it's more than a cost. It's an investment. It's an investment in me and really the long-term earning potential that comes with investing in higher education is a part of it, of course, right? But then also just accelerating my learning curve, because as a lot of you listeners know, I made a career change, right? So coming from more of the engineering world and then moving over into personal finance and financial services, it really accelerated my learning curve too. So it actually got me to a point where I was a lot more confident in what I was doing because of that additional education, because of that in additional investment in myself through the form of, of a of an evening MBA program.
1: Well, and speaking from somebody that And we talk about investments. I mean, at the firm, we make investments in talent. And Mitch is one of the people we brought on, you know, more recently, you know, over the last 18 months. And what I will say is that, uh, you know, that investment in Mitch has paid extremely good dividends. He's very talented. And it's great to see you working with clients. And now it's, it's a confidence and it's a, it's a comfort level in being able to uh, give people financial advice i think it's i think it's difficult to step out when you're new or in the industry i mean you're you've been in the industry for a while now, but you know you're just meeting with these people the first time you're gaining trust with them they're relying on you and your expertise and when you first start out there's a lot of uh it's hard to be confident because you don't know yourself and now you're to the point where you know you have finished your nBA you're just about halfway through your CFP. I mean, there's all sorts of good things going on where um, your clients are really benefiting from the expertise that you've gained along the way.
0: For sure. And, and the CFP is another one of those that that there's a little bit of a, a cost to it, right? Going through that and, and I've received firm support and everything like that. So that's been huge and, and really beneficial. And then the time and energy too, right? It's, if, it's easy to say, all right, well, take 2% and invest it in yourself, right? That's kind of looking at just the dollars part of it, but it's going to take a time and, and resource and energy commitment as well. And then even like family stuff, right? Because there's early mornings or even times at weekends where I have to break away or maybe when Avery's taking a nap might be a better time. But to to actually take the time to do it too. It's it's not just, oh, 2% invest in myself done. Right. It was a lot more than that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would just write the check if that could just happen. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I would love to be able
1: to take a pill and just be fit, but you can't, (laughs) you know, you can't yet. So, you know, you got to go out and put in the time and the effort and just like everything, the, the hard work pays off and, and it shows over time. I mean, there's people with good experience and bad experience. Um, you know, it's some financial advisors have been doing it so long and they're just experienced, but they've become lazy and complacent. And I think they give they don't give good advice. I think that others and, you know, I would say that everyone in this firm, uh, you know, has a thirst for knowledge. And we all spend a lot of time spending time in and out of our practice, learning more about uh, finance, uh, you know, just finance in general, and then markets. And there's so many different facets. And every day in our industry, we can learn something new. So, you know, it is investing the time, you know, more so for me, even as, as much, you know, there's, there's money you can put into things, but you've got to invest the time. Otherwise, it's not
0: money well spent. For sure. So I had an idea as we've been talking through this. And Is it, it going to cost me a bunch of money? No. Oh, okay. No, <laughs> and it, it's free, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, you know, there's this link between wellness and financial wellness, right? And I'm thinking like, as we're having conversations with our clients, that's something a lot of advisors probably aren't talking about. And that is investing in yourself, right? Yeah. And I, it's I, like, is that something, and I'm talking out loud here, but like, is that something that we as advisors should be talking more with our clients.
1: Well, I think Nate's, and Nate's touched on that before in the past uh, of of wellness uh, and linking that to financial wellness. If you look at it in a in an odd way, the longer you live, the more resources you're going to have. So the better you should have saved, right? So if you're a total smoker and you're way overweight and you're morbidly obese, uh, that financial plan's easier to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't want our clients to live that sort of life. We want our clients to live a high, healthy lifestyle. As a result of that, we have to save more, um, I do think that healthier people, and I guess i don't have any data to support this, but i would i would I would probably say that healthier people have longer careers. I think that's probably safe to say, yeah, I think they probably have more fulfilling careers i there's very few people that I know that are fit and unsuccessful, right so I think that there's uh there's definitely a correlation between all of those different things and for myself. Uh, I've started invest more money into my own wellness. So I've, you know, I've never had a personal trainer. I'm part of a group where it's semi-personal training. Um, it's carbon world health up the road. You know, it, pounds me into submission three times a week, at least. I've seen Clint after the (laughs) (laughs) workout and probably smelled, uh, but you know, it's, but yeah, I think there is a lot to be said for investing in yourself that way too. I think that it's really important and you know, you've run, you know, you've run a marathon. I mean, there are just things, I don't know. You just feel better. You feel more energetic and that is a time investment. I do work slightly less because I dedicate that uh, some of my time toward working out and I'm more productive during the day.
0: Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I realized I took a little bit of a, a tangent there, but in talking about this whole idea of investing in yourself, right? There's so many facets to that. And when you just say, yeah, 2% invest in myself. Okay. That can go to many different areas of yourself. <laughs> so yeah. that, that was all the thought that I had. Or, or working on something that is a weakness that
1: eventually becomes a strength too. You know, there are, there are certain things like I've always thought of myself, not as a, not as a very creative person. And I think Courtney's helped coax that out of me saying, you know, you are creative, you know, you are not all just left brained. you got to, you know, just because you take a template, like a marketing template or something like that, and design around that, and you don't create it from scratch doesn't mean that you're any less creative than anybody else. It's just that you see things in a different way, um, or we might present a problem in a different way or a solution in a different way to a client and say, hey, have you looked at it this way or another? And that's being creative outside the bounds of saying uh, versus analytical. So, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there are certainly ways that we can spend some of our time, you know, taking some of those things that we consider to be weaknesses and making them into into strengths, or at least making weaknesses not so glaring, you know. And so, you know, part of this is has been working on certain ways of communicating with people that I, I might not have done in the past. And, You know, I know that sometimes I got to pick up the phone more often instead of just communicating electronically because we all kind of go to that as a default. So there's there's certain things I think we can make ourselves better that way too. Is there something that you can think of that that is a weakness that you'd like to turn into a strength or a weakness that you have turned into a strength?
0: Oh, well, (laughs) it's interesting you say that because creativity feels like a weakness to me, (laughs) right? I'm definitely more left-brained. I don't know if I've spent a whole lot of time on trying to improve it. But when we're doing some of these creative marketing type things, right? I'm, I've been thinking a little bit more outside of the box. So for example, we participated in the chocolate walk mm-hmm. in, was that April? Sometimes this spring, yeah. sometime this spring. And we participated in the Monroe Street chocolate walk. And that's something that, sure, I, I didn't come up with that idea, right? So kind of to your point of, just cause there's a template there, doesn't necessarily mean that that you're not creative in, in implementing it, right? So mm-hmm. us as a firm, it's not, it wasn't just me, but us as a firm, kind of figured out, all right, well, what kind of chocolate are we going to do? How are we going to enter- entertain the guests that step through the doors? And and for those that don't know what the chocolate walk is, all the Monroe Street businesses had a day, it was a Saturday, and they gave out chocolate to those that bought tickets. And there were various different kinds. Some were in the form of beverages, some were just... We had chocolate bark, which is really good from, from Megan next door. And you, you get creative in that way, right? So we did chocolate, we did wine, and we said... We had these videos playing of, of firm videos of Facebook Lives and all these different things that we did. So I think the creative piece came in when we put our heads together as a team. And okay, Chocolate Walk is there. It's the template, if you will. And then how do we actually implement it for our business to get traffic through the door and, and hopefully strike up some good conversations? So that's kind of one of those things that I think just through experience, mm-hmm. I'm probably getting a little better because creativity is not a strength. It's definitely a weakness for me. I'm typically more black and white, but hopefully throughout doing this, some of these events, it's, it's improved that area of, of my skill set.
1: Well, I think part of it is also recognizing what you're good at and what you're not good at. You know, I'm slowly beginning to recognize that I'm not great at everything. So, uh, you know, cause you have that sort of complex sometimes where I do, you know, where I can't look outside of myself and I've gotten better at, uh, looking at myself. And, and, you know, I realized, like I said, in the meeting today, we had a we had a meeting that we always have every single week. It's one of the things that we keep on the calendar. And, you know, Tuesday morning at 9am, we always do a team meeting. And today I said, look, Nate, uh, you know, we have this initiative where we're looking at putting stuff in the calendar and, and holding people accountable for it. And I'm like, look, I'll do it, but I'm not going to be responsible for doing the administration around it and keeping it up every week. Cause I'm not going to do it. I, I just, being honest with everybody in the room and everyone kind of nods their head like they know this. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm figuring that out about myself. I'm trying to understand what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, and what I'm not good at. I have to be honest with this. Dude, you you just got to, tell everybody, okay, I'm not going to do this or I'm going to do this in a different way and find a way to get it done. Um, you know, and then making things more process oriented too, to be able to follow that process from start to finish. Um, that's, that's a flaw that I have too, is, you know, start and finish the process. And as long as we have workflows set up, then I do it. But if we don't, then it's something that where something might get lost to the cracks or I'll pick it up a day later and it just doesn't get done in, in as timely manner as you want it to. So, um, those are some things that I'm, I'm working on. And I guess this is, uh, been an interesting diversion of the podcast because we got creative here and we're, we're going to deal with one.
0: That's it. We're just going to deal with this one today, and we're going to say, "Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself." Yeah, it, it seems to paid off so far. Every time that I have invested something in myself, right, whether it's time, energy, education, going out to TD Ameritrade conference, right, all those are different ways of investing in yourself, and it seems like there's always something beneficial. You're not going to take everything in, right? But the idea is to to learn from it and just about everything that you do that you're you're going to invest in yourself you're going to at least get a solid takeaway that you can implement hopefully for for many years to come so so thanks for investing
1: time in us today thank you thank you yes
0: and uh we appreciate you all listening as
1: always and uh just send us any suggestions or feedback that you would like to send our way so we can get better every single week and uh, we'll be back to you soon with more of this i hope Um, we'll be dealing with a few more of the best financial advice i ever got you gotta
0: leave your money behind you. Raise your hand to the sky. Ask the masses for silence. Look more dead
1: in the eye. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Walker Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, Mitch DeWitt, and Keith Ponywaz are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not provide any advice that is investment related, nor should any comments that guests make be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors LLC is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principle as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.